these spaces in our home, like we spend so much time at home, like they're meant to give us those feelings of fulfillment and joy and pride and, and peace. And if you are living in a home that doesn't give you any of those good emotions, like please change it. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming. This is Dr. Mallory Craycroft, and I am the host of our podcast today on Uplift for Her. And I have a really exciting guest today. Her name is Christine Gummersall. You might know her better from her Instagram account, Honey Built Home. And she is, how do you describe yourself? A DIY expert, right? I'm the content creator and founder of Honey Built Home. Dot com, which is a platform, um, social media blog website that is geared towards educating and inspiring women to stop waiting and start creating a home that they love through home renovations, through DIY projects, through budget-friendly, quick, um, you know, one-day projects, just really find that space and that confidence in creating something beautiful that, that they're proud of. I love it. I love it. I'm so impressed too. That's amazing. That's amazing work you're doing. And really why I wanted to have you on is because it relates so well to what we talk about. So we like to talk a lot about wellness and we talk here at um, at Uplift, we talk a lot about the six elements of wellness that help contribute to our overall wellness. And one of those is environmental environmental wellness, which sounds a little bit boring, but I'm hoping you can help shed some light on this for those of us who don't feel as... Um, capable to address our environment. So for the listeners, environmental wellness is addressing the spaces around us to support us in our overall well-being. It supports us in feeling our best and in doing our best. And whenever we talk about wellness, we talk about living an intentional and meaningful and happy life through routines and systems to support us. And so today we're talking specifically about how do we use the space around us, a lot of it at home, but we can talk about some other spaces too. How do we use that space to support us in our overall goals of feeling our best and being our best self? So before we dive into that, Christine, tell us a little bit just about how you started Honey Built Home. How did you even get to this point? Because you and I used to work together on labor and delivery. So I'm an OB and Christine was a labor and delivery nurse at my hospital. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was my dream job. Being a labor and delivery nurse was like what I aspired to, to, to be and to do. And I worked really hard to get to that point. And I loved doing it, but with becoming a mom of three kids and my husband having two jobs, it just didn't, the schedule just didn't align where I could be present with my kids and childcare and all the things to make it work. And so I ended up stepping down and um, I guess stepping away from my job as a labor and delivery nurse for my family. And um, at the time, like I said, my husband has two very time consuming jobs. He's a full-time real estate agent and then he's also a head high school basketball coach. And so Mm -hmm. the winters are crazy in my house. He is gone six days a week from before the sun rises until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And I needed I guess I needed connection with other adults totally. and I needed something that wasn't cyclic. So I had been doing DIY and home renovation projects on our own from the time that we got married and I was in nursing school. I was busting down bathroom walls, not knowing what the heck I was doing um, and changing spaces in our home because we were young college students. We didn't have money. So I had to DIY it or else it wasn't going to change. Yeah. And then I also, once I 
learned how to do some of the things. I was like, why would I pay quadrupled for somebody else to do it when I can just do it myself? So I had, you know, just done bathroom renovations and paint, but not like anything that you would see currently on Honeyball Home. So it was in that transition in 2018 when I stepped away from being a labor and delivery nurse that I needed, I mean, being a mom is very much, you know, dishes, taking care of the kids, feeding, cooking, like you just do the same thing every single day. And like the laundry is never done. The dishes are never done. Like there's always more. And I needed something that had a start and a middle and an end. And that was what DIY was for me. And so I started not really knowing what I was doing, sharing on Instagram, the projects that I was creating in our new home. And I immediately started connecting with other people who were asking questions. Well, how do you do that? Like, why would you choose this over that? And, and it just kind of evolved and it snowballed. And now it's been almost three years of doing Honeybelt Home. And, um, and it all just originated from that connection. Like once I saw that, you know, sharing on social media gave me connection with other moms and women who, who were in the same shoes as me, I was hooked. And, yeah. and that's kind of how it all panned out. <laughs> well, and that's amazing. And I feel like we could totally go down this route if we had more time, because you are such a good example of one of the things we talk about, which is chasing your best self, right? Coming up with the plan yourself and your intentional life and making it happen for yourself because you found that something wasn't working. And so you fixed it. You, you just took the bull by the horns and just made it happen and made it work. And it was messy and imperfect. And you just did it anyway, because that's, that's who you are. And I think that's amazing. So well, well done. Thank you. All right. So, well, let's talk a little bit more about this idea of environmental wellness and creating space that helps us on our goals. So what, what would you say to a brand new beginner about this idea of, of restructuring space or redesigning space to work best for you? I think in every single space, you have to first evaluate how you use the space and what you need the space to do for you. Um, what is it lacking and what does it do for you? So you can create a list of pros and cons, um, you know, of what is working and what's not working. Um, for example, your master bedroom. I know a lot of people wait to do their master bedroom because they're like, no one, no visitors are going to see that room. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, tucked away. It doesn't matter if it's not, you know, cutely decorated or anything like that. But you spend a lot of time in your master bedroom. That is the room that you start your day with. It's the room that you end your day with. And so if you don't have something in that room that starts your day off feeling refreshed or maybe helps you wind down, then it's if there's just, you know, there's no structure in terms of, um, you know, do you have a place for everything? We can, you know, dive through the route of organization. But I mean, in a master bedroom, do you have a nightstand that functions where, you know, Things have their own spot, whether it's the book that you read or your cup of water, your glasses or whatever it is, a clock, a um, white noise, anything like that, a um, diffuser, that kind of stuff on your on your nightstand that help you get into the um the help mood. you get into yeah, the mood, really. <laughs> get into that kind of mood, not the other mood. Um but you know what I mean? If you have yeah, those totally. set up in your bedroom, it's going to help you get into that sleep and then help you wake up. And same with, um, um, we have roller shades, and automated roller shades in our master bedroom, and they are 
the best. Um, they rise every morning at 7.30 and that's my alarm clock. I wake yeah. up to the sun and it it starts my day off so just... I don't know. I, I just, it's better than some like loud blaring alarm clock for me. And so uh, you can, you know, break it down from looking at your master bedroom. Okay. Well, is it the color of the room? Does the room make me feel, um, however you want to feel in your master bedroom, whether it's calm and peace or light and bright or, um, you know, moody and, and, you know, snuggled Fuzzy. up on your blankets, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you want it to be, there's no right or wrong answer but you just need to figure out for yourself what that is. So what in the room is working and probably minimal things. And then what do you want it to be? And then make those small adjustments and it, and paint goes a huge way for not only, I mean, a visual, like what you see and how that affects your mood, but it's really inexpensive and you can change an entire room with paint very quickly and without having a ton of, you know, skill and carpentry. Yeah, totally. Well, and I love what you said too, because it it's first recognize what you're trying to do in a space, right? First identify the function. And that's such a simple step, but isn't that something that we so often neglect? Like we move into a space and first off, we, we usually have other things and we're just trying to figure out what goes where. And then we've moved on to the rest of our lives and we may get frustrated and not recognize like, ah, why, why are things frustrating? Why does this feel so jumbled? And if we notice that like, for example, the living room and the entryway is where the kids come in and drop their backpacks and we don't recognize why there's chaos when, when it's, you know, come home from school time. If we can identify, okay, what's the function of this space? Well, I need somewhere for the kids to put their backpacks. I need somewhere for them to put their shoes. I need it to also be a homework space, or I need it to be a light and open and energetic space with, you know, cheerful music, right? So like what you're saying, first identify, take that second and really identify what the function is and also what your own vibe is, right? Yeah. Because everyone's going to be entirely different and, and having a, pl- a place for everything. Like for right now, I walked into my master bathroom and there was just like clutter and, you know, we just got ready. So there's just hair tools all over the counter and makeup and garbage and dirty clothes and everything. And I immediately walked in and I could feel my emotions. I started to feel stressed. I started to feel anxious. I started to feel very clustered in my thoughts and it was all affected by what I was seeing in my space. Yeah. And so then I took, you know, the five minutes and cleaned everything up. And then I just felt so much better. But if I had, which I'm still working on myself, um, a better routine of like, this is where everything goes and everything has its own home, then you find yourself in those situations where you have all of those emotions a lot less because everything is always in its home. Well, and I think that's really like the difference between you as a designer is you go into a space and you have this ordered way of thinking about it. Whereas I go into a space, like I go into my hairdresser with like this, oh, this is pretty. And it's Jennifer Aniston. And I'm like, will you make me like this? And she's like, um, no. <laughs> and I think that's, <laughs> see, there's the problem because it's it's it doesn't work for me. But you do have great hair, so it might work for you. But I do feel like, you know, for someone like me, I just look at my space and I'm like, ah, something's off. I don't like it. So I just start scrolling through Pinterest and find pretty stuff, but it doesn't translate. And then I get frustrated because I'm like, I don't know how to make it work in this space. And, or I go to all this effort and I try to make something and then it doesn't serve the function. So I I love how you're talking about this is in this orderly sort of fashion. So, okay. So the first thing you identified was a function and what you wanted out of space. 
And then what's the next step? Um, after you've determined for me, at least the, what I need to serve in the function, then I actually do do exactly what you yeah. do. And I start scrolling Pinterest and Instagram and I start saving everything. Um, it doesn't matter if I'm working on a master bedroom and I'm looking at, and I find like a bathroom or a kitchen or an office picture. If the picture speaks to me as I'm you know, looking to redo my master bedroom, I save it. I save everything to one folder, even if it doesn't, it's not the correct room. Yeah. And then I take a step back and I look at the whole folder as a whole and I figure out what are the common things that I just pinned a hundred times. Is it that I pinned things that have a lot of texture, a lot of natural, um, you know, wood tones or woven textures or blankets or patterns, or is it something that is very clean and, you know, stark and, and simple lines? Is it, super moody? Is it, you know, light and airy? I just, I'll look at what exactly it is that I'm saving and then figure out those common things and be like, Hey, that's the design that I'm going for. And then I will draw, draw. I will put mm -hmm. it all up on a mood board, just on my computer. There's tons of free ways that you can create mood boards. And I just start dropping in colors. I start dropping in different products, whether it's, um, furniture or, decor different pieces into one page on you know Microsoft page or word and um, just drag and drop drag and drop yes. until it gets to, to look the way that I want it to look and the way that I want to feel when I'm in the space and still keeping in mind how I need it to function so if that means I need to have um, you know a cloth a dresser or something to store like storage type furniture um, then I make sure to include things like that or hooks yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's so smart. And I feel like so much more doable for someone like me. I I don't know how many people feel as beginner-y as I do at this, but I have like... I do not have aesthetic taste for, for environment. But it's so helpful for me to break it down. Like literally just start, like once you know the function, see rooms outside of what the type of room because I have exactly done that on Pinterest but I always do the exact room like basement and I should be looking at other color palettes and other textures and other things and then bringing them into that that's so smart so when you are looking at a space what are the elements that help you most create that mood and that vibe that you're going for because there are some things that are like like the example with the hair, right? Like I can see something that's beautiful and it's not going to work with me and my face and my hair or whatever. And the same thing can be true, right? Like if you want a really moody, dark room, that may not be best in every house in any room, I'm assuming. So there are going to be some elements that work for you and some that don't. So when you start thinking about just those individual elements, what, what are those elements first that we should be thinking about? So I know one of them's lighting. What are some of the other ones? So, and this is where... I, I honestly, I, I use the mood board and I go back to those um, inspiration pictures again and again to figure out, okay, well, now that I have like the overview, like what specific things in this picture do I like? Do I like that the wood tones are light or do I like that the wood tones are dark? Mm -hmm. Do I, um, so then I start, you know, pulling furniture and things that match that aesthetic. Do I, um, do I like that there's multiple colors? Or is everything just white in terms mm -hmm. of like bedding or furniture or pillow decor, things like that. Um, and then I just kind of piece different things together. I, 
I would say like the decor aspect of things. I don't, when I'm creating it on the computer, I'm sometimes I'm looking for very specific products, but a lot of times I'm looking for inspiration products. Mm -hmm. So if I find something that's like maybe high end and out of my budget, it's okay. I'll save it on there. And then I know when I go shopping, that's the style that I'm looking for. And I'll find something that fits in that style that fits in my budget. And I mean, I probably, I don't know if this is a good tip or a bad tip, but I usually will end up, you know, walking through Target or um, Home Goods or mm-hmm. Hobby Lobby, and I will just pull everything that like fits into the style that's in my mind, and I'll just buy it, and then I'll put it in the room, <laughs> and then I'll return like sixty percent of it. <laughs> and my husband, every time I do it, he's like we're seriously buying all of it. And I'm like, don't worry, trust me. Like most of it's going back, but it's, it's a lot of it's trial and error. And maybe that also stems from the fact that like, I did not go to design school. Like I am winging this as much as anyone else and figuring what I like and what I don't like. And, and maybe with practice and time, like I'll get better at it. But I mean, we're all still new at it. Yeah. And that's so doable for all of us because most of us have not gone to design school and most of us are not going to hire a designer for every room of our house. So I think that's a great idea just to bring it in and be able to actually see it in the space and and just decide at that point. Yeah. Awesome. So are there any other things that you look at? So you said um, lighting, you said texture, um, you said um, different types of decor. Are there other things that you can think of when you're trying to set the mood of a space is there anything else that we can do to kind of be thinking about that? One thing that comes to mind is is some houses you go into and the TV will be on in the background all the time or frequently and it's in like the main room. So how do you think about that when you're thinking about like function and flow through the house? I think it depends a lot on your personality and, and what you want. Our TV actually in our main living space, it broke for like a month. And I was so happy. Like <laughs> my kids couldn't watch all of their, you know, little cartoon shows. And yeah. my live my main living room and kitchen, everything was just like quiet unless I turned on music. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the way that it felt. And so it's just a personal preference. My husband, however, he needs background noise in the form of a TV show. Yeah. Literally 24-7. And that's how he enjoys functioning and that's how he thinks best. And so it's it's totally that's where it always goes back to, well, how do you function in the space and what works? If you need something that doesn't you you just need more white silence, yeah. then I mean, get rid of the things that bring on noise, get rid of the screens and yeah, and create that space for you where it, it doesn't become I think a lot of it is it's just habit right? Like you're used to having it on, but like, are you always feeling anxious and always feeling jumbled because you always have everything going on? You know, you can't even think clearly because you're always listening to something else. And so, I mean, it just, it just all stems back to how you need to feel and what works best for you. Totally. And what's serving you well. And I love that you say it's so unique because it is so unique. And we think about multiple functions in a space, right? Like if you're going to have a big basketball watching party in your front room, then you want that TV in your front room. You want to be able to design that space to serve that function. 
And if you want that room to be solely a study room for your kids, you probably don't want that screen. But we have, you know, we don't live in simple little lives where we have a room for every function, most of us. So so finding that multiple, the multi-function in a room and being able to design around that. And you've done that so well. I followed you on your Instagram account and you do such a good job of multi-purposing and your, your um, kind of common space upstairs, at least from Instagram, looks like you've done exactly that, is just figure out how to make it serve lots of different purposes. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's just the reality of design. And I give props to, you know, those who do this for their profession in terms of like building homes and starting from scratch, knowing that that's how the family is going to use the space. I think that that's tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I've always just got into a room and had to live with it for a while and then figure out like, oh, that does not work for us at all. And then change it. And, and I, I think that that's also a really hard thing that a lot of people struggle with is the concept of, well, I created this room, but I hate it now. But like, I spent the money to do it, you know, five, 10 years ago, but like, it doesn't serve the purpose that you need it to serve right now. Guys, it's okay. You can, I'm giving you permission to chase (laughs) the room that you did five to 10 years ago, if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. And man, what a life lesson too, right? That could be said about most aspects of our lives because sometimes we do make decisions based on, you know, what makes what seems to make the most sense at the time, but really if it's not serving you well, if it's not helping you fulfill the function that you need it to fulfill in that room, then it's it's you could argue just as much it's a waste of money to leave it the same, right? Like it's a waste of your time, it's a waste of your energy. So I love that. I love everyone. You have permission now from Christine. If there's something you don't like, just go ahead and change it. And she already told us paint. Paint's the way to start, right? Well, and it, on the opposite point, like if there's something design-wise that you absolutely love and then you go online and everyone's like, oh, that's that's going out. Who cares? Put it in your house. If you like it, that's the whole thing is like these spaces in our home, like we spend so much time at home, like they're meant to give us those feelings of fulfillment and joy and pride and, and peace. And if you are living in a home that doesn't give you any of those good emotions, like, please change it. Oh my gosh. I love that come over to my feed and I will help you learn how to change it. (laughs) I love that. I love that because when you say it that way, you know, this is your home. I think that sometimes this topic can seem a little bit superficial, like, oh yeah, you know, like fixing up your house so it looks like, you know, Susie down the street or whatever. Like, it's so much more than that. Like, this is your home. This is supposed to be your safe space, your space of comfort, your space of like family and togetherness and why not? If you're going to put energy somewhere to create an environment that supports you, like why not put that in your home? And especially like you said, those those spaces in your home that you really need to work well for you, like your bedroom and your, you know, your kitchen and your gathering spaces, like you can pick and choose a little bit of of what feels fills the greatest need at that time. Exactly. Yeah. And and I am always one to kind of work on spaces um at I don't just how do I put this? I don't go into a room and I, you know, from start to finish, do the entire room in one sitting. I usually do it in phases and I let mm-hmm. it evolve mm-hmm. um, as I 
you know, determine that there's a new, especially kids rooms, because there's always evolving when they hit their milestones and they need, they need something different from their spaces. Um, And so don't feel like, well, I don't have it in my budget to make over my entire living room. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Do Mm -hmm. you have it in your budget to, you know, just do the paint? Do you have it in your budget just to get, you know, a new sofa or a new setup in terms of, you know, furniture layout? Do you have it in your budget just to swap out throw pillows? Like you can do it in phases to make it affordable and manageable, but still it gives you that fulfillment. Don't make it, you shouldn't ever feel like you have to just, you know, throw thousands of dollars into one room and then it's done. And then you live with that room the way that it is for forever. Totally. Totally. I, I, um, I'm not much into home decor. I just don't have an eye for it. But I'm just over here writing down all these life lessons. Like this is just such a life lesson, right? Like you think about weight loss and you think about exercise and getting in shape. Like it's all the same thing. You can't just go there and expect it to be quick and easy and all together and then expect it to serve all of the purposes. Like you have to get to know it. Just like we have to get to know ourselves and what works for us in our fitness and our diet. Like it's the same thing with our space. We have to live in the space. You have to kind of figure it out and and um, see what works best for you. That's, we've been looking for houses for a couple years now. We've been trying to move, but as you know, the market is insane. So we're still in our tiny house, but we look at these houses and it's just so overwhelming for, for me to go into this giant space and feel like, how is this ever going to feel our own? And I would be tempted to be like, okay, we have to do everything before we ever move in, but we don't have to, you know, you can go in it and live in it and see what, what functions you're trying to serve and, and how it can help you first. Right. Yeah, definitely. As long as you don't mind a little renovation while you're living. Yeah, that's right. There's certainly, there is ease of just doing it all before you move in for sure. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about what you've learned from like before and afters. Is there any, are there any big lessons that you've learned or things? I mean, I think one of them you've probably just shared is that, you know, don't expect it to be perfect or don't um, need it to be perfect just right before and right after. But are there any other things that you've learned kind of now doing this several times of seeing this before and after? Um, I just, I mean, I, I knew this lesson, but I think it, it really fully hit me. Um, I just finished my outdoor like barbecue kitchen area and And it's amazing. It's so beautiful. Thank you. I love Um, it. In the process, I screwed up and I bought the wrong color grout, which in theory is like not that big of a deal. I had probably hundreds of messages saying like, it doesn't look that bad. Just keep it like like, what are you going to do? Tear the whole thing down? And I, I essentially was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tear the whole, I mean, cut out all of the grout. And it, I mean, it put me, set me back days in my project. Um, I was really trying to get the project finished before this storm came in and killed all of my beautiful plants, which yes. just happened today. Oh, I looked man. outside and they're all just frozen and dead. Oh, sad. So, so I'm glad that I got it finished. But in that project, um, so many people were criticizing me for for taking this extra time that didn't seem necessary to redo something that seemed perfectly fine. And I was like, trust me, I'm not happy. Like, you can't yes. convince me that I'm going to end up liking it. And so I'm going to change it now so that I do like it in the end. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. every time I look at this space, I'm going to be like, oh, I should have done that. Mm-hmm. And so... I just have learned one is 
if in the process you realize that you made a mistake, like don't just throw in, because it's, it's so easy just to throw in the towel and be like, oh, I just spent so much time doing that and so much money. Like, it's fine. I'll just live with it. It'll be fine. And then you're, you're not like you're, if you know, and if you have that gut feeling that you're not loving it, like take the time to change it then. And then take the time to finish it a hundred percent. I am the freaking worst. (laughs) Like my husband will tell you, I finished so many projects in our home to like 90 or 95% and just leave like the little touch-ups or, or the, like my kitchen did not have cabinet pulls on six (laughs) doors for a year because I just like, I burned out of the project and I was like, I don't want to finish. Like, I don't want to get out all the stuff again. And yeah. And the last couple projects that I have done, I have finished to 100%. And now every time I look at it, all I feel is just pride. I don't feel like, like unfinished, you know, I I don't even know how that emotion is, but like every time I would look at all of these other projects in my house, I would just like, I literally have a running list of like three dozen that are almost there, but not there that like other people you know, would say like, Oh my gosh, like that looks so good. And all I see are the flaws in it. So it doesn't bring me joy. And so I've learned if I need it, if I want it to bring me joy, I have to finish it to a hundred percent. I can't just stop. Well, I think this is so great and I'm feeling more and more brave to try some of this in my own home because it is our house we moved into, I don't know, six years ago and it's, it's not really decorated. So I'm going to I'm going to take it on. I'm going to do it and I'm excited to to get your help with that. So Christine, one last thing before we close. So one of the things I love talking about with environmental wellness is this idea of, you know, we start with how we're feeling and what works best for us and what we want to happen in our lives and we set a goal. And one of the things that I feel like we can do is use our space around us to help support us in that goal. So for example, if I'm saying like, I really want to get in shape, but I look around my, my house and I don't have anywhere to put a yoga mat, or I don't have anywhere to hide away some little hand weights, or I open my cabinet and the first thing I see is Doritos, you know, those things are not going to support us well in our goals. So what is, what is an example of that in your life that you've been able to see, okay, I had this goal to change something in my life and I changed my space to support me in that. Do you have any examples of, of a way that you've done that in your, one of your homes? Yeah. I mean, and part, part of what I do, I mean, I obviously do the project side of things where I'm building and I'm, you know, filming to educate and to share all the tips and tricks. But then there's this whole other side of things that is like the entrepreneurial business, like you're actually sitting at a computer for multiple hours, yes. several days a week that that's all behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see. And, and then of course I have kids now that are entering grade school. And so our dining room table just became this like mess of kids craft, kids homework, reading books, my work. And every time I'd look at it, it just, it drove me bonkers. I was like, yeah, we have to sit there to eat. And I hate clearing it every single time we need to eat. And so and you just move it from one place to another. Yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so last year I had on my list of, you know, every year I make a list. Okay. Well, what projects do I want to tackle this year? Um, and last year I had on my list that I wanted to 
to build a home office. And I know that that seems like a really grand, big thing. You don't necessarily need to build a whole office, but you could just put a desk in a room. But I was literally either working at my dining room table or I was working at like a tiny desk inside of my guest bedroom that was always freezing and had terrible light. And I hated being in there. Right. And so I found another space in our home that would function so much better, not only for my work where I could actually sit and feel comfortable and then if I felt comfortable, then I could work longer and be more productive. Totally. But I built the my desk so that it would accommodate my kids and them growing into, you know, grade school and having computer homework plus regular homework. And the desk is long enough. <laughs> it spans the entire room where like they're tucked in one corner and I'm tucked in the other corner and we have our own spaces. And so their stuff doesn't come impeding on all of my work stuff. And it functions so well for our family. And because of it, I feel like my kids have developed better habits in terms of their homework and, and having a place where they know that this is, you know, where we study and where we do our schoolwork. And then I have a place where I can function and be productive. And it just works for our family because I created it to be that way. And totally. And we could have done that. I mean, obviously I, I built built-ins, but we could have done it with two separate desks on either side of a room and, and done it on a bu- very budget-friendly beginner way. Um, but it's just because we knew what wasn't working for us and what we needed. Yeah. And that also, you know, you said you could do it on a budget-friendly way, but you also have the vision, which is a big part of it, right? Like you see the vision and then you can do it. And I think that's a big part of what you teach on your on your Instagram and your blog, right? Is that you can help people find that vision and then do it themselves, right? I have loved, I am, I'm just such a fan. It's like watching Christine's um, account is like watching a cooking show for me. Like, I just want to sit and watch it unfold. It doesn't even matter if I never do it myself, but I just love watching it unfold because it's so beautiful. And it, hearing you describe it like that, that space, I watched you build it and it totally serves that function. Like it, it's awesome. And someday I'll just have you come, come to my house and do it all at my house and it'll, it'll all serve the function. That's awesome. Do you have any, like, what would be your top three tips for someone trying to do this on a budget? Just try to up their space a little bit. Um, the first would be creating your, well, first you just, you need to create a mid board because you need to know what you're trying to achieve. So if you don't have it on something solidified on one sheet, um, then you're kind of just kind of scrambling and going in different directions and, you know, subject to the ebbs and flows of whatever design thing that you see that you think is pretty, but doesn't necessarily fit into what you want. Totally. So right. Have your plan, whether it's a very visual plan, so you should be able to follow it. And then, I mean, we already talked about paint, but paint. I was going to say, yes. Yeah. And then honestly, like you don't, I find 90% of the things that I need for a space at those discounted, you know, home goods, TJ Maxx, Target, Hobby Lobby, like those types of stores. Um, or even online at, you know, Overstock or Amazon or Wayfair, those lesser expensive, but you can also like furniture flipping is huge right now. Facebook marketplace, you know, online classifieds, you can find pieces that will fit into your space, um, that are so inexpensive and all they need is like a little bit of paint or stain. Um, and you can completely transform something that's super ugly into something beautiful that, that functions for you. That's so great. 
And it leads perfectly into our little last segment here. So Christine has a course, actually, for people who want to get started on their own, right? For people who want to learn how to DIY. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have a course. It's called DIY Beginner Basics. You can find it at DIYBeginnerBasics.com. I also have a secondary course called DIY Kitchen and Bath Basics. They're both, I guess you can find them both at um, homeschoolwithtools.com. And it really originated from sharing, you know, my projects and my tips on Instagram. And um, I actually asked, you know, all of my followers, like, well, how can I help you best? Because, I mean, I can sit there literally all day long and just reply to direct messages, but I still don't feel like that's helping you enough to actually have the courage to go buy the tool to then go use it, right? And so, in my mind, I had envisioned creating like a, a live class where you like came and we were all there and we used yes. the tools together. Um, and so, and then I, I, I polled everyone and I asked them what they wanted. And I kind of just threw online courses like, well, yeah, like, do you want that? And overwhelmingly, everyone was like, yes, because I can do this. I don't need to live by you. I can log yeah. on at any time of day and watch it and learn how. And over the last year, I have helped thousands of women like who literally had never even used a drill or a hammer or anything and they're building like mud rooms and shiplapping walls and building and flipping furniture and like every every time I like I we have a private Facebook group um for just the DIY beginner basic students every time I log on and someone shares another project that they did I'm like you didn't know how to use a tool before this (laughs) course like it blows my mind every single time so it has been so, so, so fun and so fulfilling for me because it kind of takes the, um, my favorite part of being a labor and delivery nurse, which was the education component, totally. and, like blows it up into something that I'm also extremely passionate about. And so being able to help these women, it kind of feels one-on-one when we're able to chat in the Facebook group. And then all of the lessons are pre-recorded. So you literally can log in on your computer, on your phone, watch the lessons, rewatch them it's lifetime access so once you buy the course you can come back and watch them over and over again um, when you're having you know when you're working on that specific project that uses that specific tools and I I broke it down um, to the six main tools that every beginner DIYer should learn how to use and so it's very very beginner friendly but it gives you so much knowledge not just on the tools but also on design how to create mood boards how to paint how to stain furniture. And then we actually go into like building projects and, and I walk you through all those steps. So I think it's really awesome. Um, so great. And yeah. So if you guys are interested, you would just go to homeschoolwithtools.com. I love it. Well, I am all for anything that empowers women to be able to do things. So, and that is a big step. A lot of us are so intimidated by power tools and by the idea, and a lot of us aren't. There are plenty out there who are not, but but for those who still feel a little bit overwhelmed by it, it's very doable. You make it very approachable. So I love that. Well, tell us one more time, where are the best places if someone wanted to reach out to you directly? Where's the best place um, to get in touch with you or to find you? So you can view tons of tutorials and tips and tricks all on my blog at honeybelthome.com. Um, if you want to like actually chat and connect and follow along with all of the behind the scenes projects, Instagram's where it's at. So um, Instagram.com forward slash honeybelthome, right? Honeybelthome. <laughs> so yeah, on Instagram, um, follow along in stories. I share so many tips 
and just walk you through every single project that I do in Instagram stories. It's so great. Thank you, Christine, for coming and talking to us. It was so fun talking to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening and come back next time for another episode. And remember, this information is for education only and not intended to be medical advice.